0: You're listening to the Hutton Orbital News Digest. This is a shorter version of the full show and has all of the main important features like the news, Galnet News, Top Trucker, and the Flossy Report. You can listen to the whole show on our RSS feed through iTunes or by going to media.forthemug.com. Enjoy! Our mics are live. <laughs> Good evening, truckers everywhere. By George, it's Earth Day, and I am your host, Dick Chafing.
1: What's on earth? It's St George's Day, and I'm Wilma Fingerdo.
2: It's also Shakespeare's birthday, and on behalf of Alvin, I say, cry dog for Harry Balzac and St George.
3: Lou called me his dragon, but he's gone to earth this week, leaving me Norma snuckers. Alas, I am one who loves not wisely, but too well.
0: We've heard a rumour that an updated version of Hollow Cecil will be available soon, maybe as soon as tomorrow, so... Throughout the programme, I and my fellow presenters will be testing out some of the cocktails that Hollow Cecil can help you to make if he's installed in your cockpit. I'm going to start with a slurp of something called a caustic dribble. So if I press the wrong buttons, at least I'll have an excuse this week. But for now, on with the news. <laughs> got no range. It's alright, we got it, we got this.
2: <laughs> Ain't no party like a cyborg party
1: Wizard visits Hutton with a warning
3: The heat is on for one willful pilot
0: With great power comes Great Power Cuts Sticky
2: seats overpriced snacks The problems of home cinema
1: Taking photos for the blind. Luke sent over
3: some kind of used napkin with his BTS update on it.
0: And Norma seems to have Flossie's bit between her teeth. It was time to party like it's Wool 359 this week, as this system celebrated a public holiday by declaring it to be Borg Appreciation Day. Truckers embraced the festivities dressed as shambling cyborgs, threatening to assimilate the buffet and, of course, telling their belt buckles that resistance is futile though a couple of geeks were seen saying that to superconductors as they lowered their shields and prepared to surrender their hips. There was a Dress Your Infant, a Jean-Luc Picard competition with the top prize going to the cutest baby, and the whole day was... Rounded off with an exhibition of Cube Dancing in seven-ninth time, the only sour notes in an otherwise magic carpet of a day were when one were were. The only sour notes in an otherwise magic carpet of a day were when one individual was tempted to add their biological distinctiveness to someone else's for all of 0.68 seconds. And an ill-placed ocular implant which nearly had someone's eye out.
2: There are some who call him Tim. Hutton had a visit this week from a mysterious figure, the so-called Tim the Enchanting. He'd left the safety of his usual abode in the caves of Cairrobanog to bring his staff of one, see how we did things at the Orbital. Still traumatized by Buck's appearance at VECM, he'd followed rumors of an assassin from Van Star who was hiding in our corridors, the so-called killer abbot, who had nasty, big, pointy teeth. He said that he knew he was at the right place because of the grail-shaped beacon that had drawn his attention and the foul stench of hell once he disembarked. Unfortunately, we had to disabuse him. The beacon was in fact Simoof's non-incendiary light that he needed to use in the fetid space where he houses his collection of rare farts. And the stench? Well, Simoof again, but all his own work this time. Despite our attempts to show Tim our choir, who were all wearing identical eyewear, he disappeared rather rapidly. So we were unable to show him the choral sex. Facts, bollocks.
1: the recent hollow test by the Pirate Pilots Federation, Commander Scotty N.R. showed the cruel side of his nature. To quote the birthday boy, As flies to wanton boys are we to the gods. They kill us with their sport. Wanting a quick return from Salome's reach, this latter-day sadistical Marquis de Bernard decided to forego the usual methods of a quick death, namely by initiating self-destruct, or by turning off the shields and diving headfirst at a high-G planet, or by letting Cecil take over the cockpit and asking him to be very, very careful. Instead, Scotty N.R. decided to do the space equivalent of focusing a star's rays through a magnifying glass and watching what happened to the ants below. He calmly landed his anaconda on a nearby planet, closed the vents to initiate silent, silent running, and stood back as he and a few friends we think we heard Buck Naked's voice in there somewhere, watched as the ship slowly, ever so slowly, piece by piece, started to show signs of distress. At first there was no visible sign of the maelstrom that was growing in the belly of the beast, just a sense of unease from the witness, witnesses, as they felt just a little embarrassed to be taking an unfeeling part of the unfolding spectacle. Voices became hushed, as almost imperceptibly, on the surface of the ship, there were just a few small gouts of flame. Such as you might see when Moose demonstrating how he can use his own internal gas supply for a Turkish barbering technique on his own arse hair. Just little petamanes that greatly caressed different parts of the huge ship. After a while, these seemingly inconsequential fireworks subsided, and all was calm. For a short while, strange noises were heard, as if internal bulkheads were collapsing and pressures re-equalising on the stricken vessel. Then once more, all was quiet. But not for long. A succession of flickering lights were seen on the underbelly of the behemoth, and within seconds it was finally all over. Hot 964 had made the ultimate sacrifice just to give one commander an easy ride home. We at Hutton Orbital do not condone this kind of snuff movie, even if it was made during a hollow test. It's a small step from this to Shouty demanding we broadcast his poetry.
0: If you have been affected by any of the issues in this news article, please contact the one charity that works tirelessly to stop this kind of cruelty. And perhaps... Consider sending them some credits. Contact the Society for Protecting Under-Resourced Modules. Yes, if you'd like to be a sperm donor, please, place your donation in the bucket. Really? All that for that? That... Oh, God.
3: We're worried about power. Not the sort of power that you show people in the galaxy map when they're asked... So what is the bubble, or the sort that is apparently symbolised by a large, uncomfortable-looking metal chair, and apparently can only be won after several women have stood around in drafty castles without a clothes on? No, after descending into infrastructure failure for a second time, Hutton Power Limited has been forced to issue a statement blaming unusual usage, as pilots are staying in their quarters, no longer roaming the galaxy, delivering mugs. They say about this, combined with a dodgy batch of power converters, has put a strain on their ability to produce power. Their spokesman did give us a statement, but there was a lot of interference. All we could make out was that some girl called Jenny is to blame.
0: In an, attempt, oh, in an attempt to cheer up pilots who are full of NUI after the completion of Operation Hot Mess, the Pilots' Federation have started to host movie nights. We suggest that a 2010 action movie starring Angelina Jolie is a CIA agent who goes on the run after a defector accuses her of being a Russian spy. But apparently, there was something about the name of the title character that they didn't like. In the end, they went for something suitable for a drive in Jurassic Car Park, where bioengineered lizards feed on California Gateway, or as they call it, Hollywood residents as movie night goes, real D. The dastardly Don demonstrating deadly dinosaurs dining during a devourment. Oh no, Did D denouement? Real-D, as we sure you are all aware, is the current level of realism for movies. There was 3D that increased realism and made you duck, but needed special glasses that made the audience look like a before picture in an advert for Specsavers. Then there was 4D, which was exactly the same except that your chair vibrated like dead meat, had let one off of his monster bottom burps, or someone threw a bucket of water at your face. Since then there's been moving chairs, cinemas built on fault lines to get a truly realistic rumble, whole body haptic feedback suits for specialist entertainment and for obvious reasons these suits had to be purchased. No rentals available. Uh, all of this has culminated in Real D. You do not require any special glasses or equipment. The character is modeled to look exactly like you. And if in the movie the character loses a limb or gets eaten, and you receive the same exact experience. For those of you who are asking what's the difference between real life and Real D, it's simple. The snacks are cheaper.
2: Some may argue that it's the second best liquid that you can put in your Hutton mug if you're out of Centauri Mega Gym. But whatever, unquestionably, Hutton takes the tea. Tea bagging, tea time, or in the case of the healthier truckers, PT, Mr. T. I ain't getting on no beluga. For the hippies, we have Tea Tree. There are T9, T7, T10, and the T6. But this as an entirely different cup of tea. It's a charity. It has all gone to the dogs. But this time, dogs of a different stripe. Or rather, harness. The Guide Dogs. On Tuesday of this week, led by Dayglo Viking, myriad people throughout the galaxy took selfies with a mug of tea. They say it's tea, but how can you tell in a picture? To take part in the Great Guide Dogs virtual tea party attempted to break the Guinness Galaxy record for the number of simultaneous participants whilst raising money for the Guide Dogs for the Blind Association. Whilst our own fluffy leader is of course a hearing dog, he is nonetheless very supportive of any charity that helps others and has given this his paw print of approval. Apparently it's taking a while to verify the record attempt, since the organisers need to see everyone's faces to assure that there's no cheating. And we're worried that pilots may have forgotten to remove their PPE. That's pilots' pulchritude enhancers. We'll bring you news as we get it.
1: In the Space is very simple at the moment, which is probably down to most of the galaxies spending the last two weeks cramming themselves into cardboard spaceships and then complaining when the copy deck seems to give way. Now, I'm going to give this introduction in two ways. The simple one that everyone with an IQ in double figures can understand. And then again in a step-by-step version because none of you truckers ever listen. Let alone think. Leave everything alone that isn't below 40%. And if it is, give it a little, and I mean a little, boost. That's version one. Version two. Hill pass C is too low. Do good things for Hutton. Do bad things to Hill Passy liberals. Sign 2051 and LHS 340 are too low. These are little systems. Do a little bit of good things for Hutton. You don't need to be mean to anyone in those. For the three systems mentioned, when they get to 50%, stop immediately. Do not pass go. Do not collect 100 mugs. Finally, leave every other system alone. Do not touch anything. Pretend that they have mods, but that they're AEDC systems and we don't want to help them. Seriously, leave them alone. Okay, you got that? Right. King Spanky has sent the following over from Colonia. Hand in bounties at Eel Proco Centurion tier, missions and passenger missions in Eel Proco Centurion tier, buy low, sell high in Eel Proco Centurion tier. Exploration data can be cached in Eel Proco Centurion tier. Make sure you're at Dollar Depot. This, his special instructions are to make tier great again. I mean, Make Tear go over 20% by doing the right stuff, whatever that is. I thought it was a clumsy madrigal about teenage shagging, not sure how that will help. Anyway, over to Norma.
3: Normally, this item would be something that would be talked about later in the show, but for reasons that will become apparent, Assuming you're paying attention, I'm going to make this announcement here, amongst the regular ones, instead of Flossie telling you in her CG news. Led by Commander Finn Rain, Batty's big bubble banter bus is leaving on a trip this coming Sunday, the 26th of April. He'll be touring notable locations around the bubble and is inviting commanders to join him for daily shenanigans every day from 9pm UK time that's 8pm UTC for 26 consecutive days Challenges will include How many different ship types can we get into one selfie? Can we outnumber the pirates at the best size? And of course, potentially Attempting to land on a 5G world without going Oops! Every evening from 9pm Join Baz in the Banterbus Channel On Hutton's TeamSpeak Get into the Hutton Private Group and listen out for the cry of all aboard, multi-crew, wing or just being in the same instance will be available. Currently this event does not include hotbox pilots but if any hotbox commander would like to organise a simultaneous parallel event please let Commander Sinraen know. Commander Sinrain's representative, Vice Floyd, will be along after the news to bring us more detail and to answer questions.
0: When the universe is in trouble Bug infestations in the bubble Your home stations burn rubble What on earth can we do now? Interstellar (coughs) Initiative. Let Flossie tell you what it is, then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie says. Interstellar Initiative. Flossie tells us what she thinks it is, then you can get involved with this. Now you. Listen
3: to what Flossie says. Hello, Flossie here with this week's uh, CCCG News. This does feel odd, me doing enormous bits after she did mine. Oh well, I'm sure the people won't get confused since we sound nothing alike. Here are just some of the goings on that people have told us this week. We don't have room to include them all so, so sorry about that and maybe you'll get a mention next time if you're lucky or do something more interesting. Commander Skyfire has been talking, taking a leap out of Aurora Australia's book and stitching around the Sinuata Desert area definitely not social distancing as he's been trying to increase his rep with as many factions as possible. So far he's found a faction called Marine Forces Special Operations Command, working out of a station called Angus Manorin. If they ask for your name, don't tell them, Skyfire. He's also discovered another interesting faction called, just called, C-O-N-T-R-A-I-L. We don't know what their aim is, but we believe that they're involved in assembling 5G masks. At least, that's according to one news with broadcasts. So make sure you drink your lemon juice. Commander Thompson has been saving his credits. Mining in Baran, he's earned seven billion credits over the last three weeks. Boys and girls, I think we can all guess what Commander Thompson is going to ask Santa to deliver as an early Christmas present, can't we? Commander Alan Dixon earned enough merit to get some packhound missiles and is finally getting around to power play after flying for nearly six years. The unexpected boost in available time will mean that he's going after the Guardian stuff next. Peters reports that he still hates driving the SRV and on his Santa's list, he's hoping for an SRV tank. Montgomery Python, taking a bit of a well-earned rest after Operation Hot Mess. Mess. Who does he think is kidding? He has shown that he's definitely old school. He's currently farming credits by taking missions and trading with a touch of pupil thrown in. He claims that mining is not his thing since he had a mere near, near 750 million last week from two loads of low temperature diamonds. Obviously, he's sitting around with his feet up in his cockpit. No, that's not his, for instance since he's only made around 1 billion credits from other activities in the past two weeks since Hot Mess finished. He tells us, with no small hint of pride, that he's close to his initial aim of having 10 billion credits, Also, he can afford to buy and run a fully equipped fleet carrier without the need to do any more mining. We would like to mention that in his spare time, Mr Python is one of the band of truckers following in the footsteps of Major General Dr. Vegas in creating Renrock mask extenders for Nurse Wyeth and her stalwart band. Commander Star all you know, as part of Mara- D- Dark Marauders, has, in what seems a distinctly untruckery but highly organised manner, been improving the business of pirating low-temperature diamonds By building several ships that could sit at 19% heat in silent running, then following their victims into the rings. Cleverly, they trail them within five kilometres by hiding behind asteroids and waiting till they mine half a dozen asteroids to make sure there's a decent amount of cargo to be had. When ready to pounce, everything gets into position and one person scans the target ship and makes their demands known. Sometimes the target hands over the cargo, but when they do, the marauders use several hatchback limpets. Then two ships peel off and chase the target ship by shooting them, without blowing up the ship, of course. They're pirates, not monsters. While others collect all the diamonds to sell at the black market. Of course, sometimes the tactic fails, requiring firmer measures, but the less about that, the better. To show that they have a gentler sound. Commander Star, all you know, assures us that they have taught at least one commander how to mine. We say you can't pilot someone if they don't have any cargo after all. And have helped commanders to get credits for rebars. And you also can't pilot someone if they don't have a ship. It's all part of life's rich tapestry and I'm sure their mothers love them. And that's all from this week's not the CG News. Plus
4: told you what to do. Powerful people. Encyclopedia Galactica presents biographies of notable people in the galaxy. This week, Yuri Grom. He fought off five other challengers to qualify for the Big League. And yet, three years later, he was abandoned by his troops. His bushy beard, ludicrously scarred face and gimlet eyes seem almost like a caricature. Who is Yuri Grom? The truth is, we don't really know. A youthful 50 years old, Grom was born in 3256. Little's known about his early years, but despite his relative youth, he'd managed to become a federal admiral by the time he was 40. And then, without explanation, in 3301, he gave it all up. He abruptly resigned from the navy and moved to his home system of Uriala. There is some speculation that Grom's bombshell was due to his disgust at corruption within the Federation, but it may equally be that he fancied himself as a tinpot dictator, which is what he became. And then he became a super-duper top-of-the-range dictator, with medals and epaulets. A number of junior federal officers resigned along with Grom. It's not clear whether he bribed them, or whether it was his undoubted charisma that gained their loyalty. These junior officers were about to catapult Grom into the big time through the wonder of reality television the Pilots' Federation had been screening contestants for its new Holovid series, the Dangerous Games, for several months. Five of the six teams had already been chosen. The Border Coalition, the Social Elu Progressive Party, the Interstellar Communist Union, the Alliance Elite Diplomatic Corps, and GalCop. But there was a wildcard qualifier for the sixth place, and somehow, no one quite knows how, Yuri Grom's name was put forward by his faction of ex-Federal Navy pilots, the so-called Uriala Gromite, or E.G. pilots. And didn't he do well? Grom smashed the qualifiers, beating such luminaries as the Achinar Immortals, the Imperial Inquisition, Battle Vortex, Planet Express, Black Amiga, and Peleus Libertas, who were all voted off, and he totally pulverised in competition the Wolves of Janai, Adel's Armada, the Blackbird Squadron, and the United German Commanders' Coalition. And so, in July 3302, Grom and the EG pilots took their place on the starting line of the dangerous games, Rise to Power. There were to be three community goals. The first was to deliver the rare-good Gilia Signature Weapons, to the Jared Hare system. The EG pilots squeaked home into first place, although Galcop actually delivered more of the weapons in a slightly longer time. This was the point at which everyone realised that Grom actually might win. The second week required piracy skills, stealing technical blueprints and selling them into the nervy system black market. This time, the EG pilots completely stormed the event with nearly twice as many blueprints as the second place Galcop. Some of the other competitors began to scheme to help Galcop win on the anyone but Yuri" principle. But it was all to no avail. In the third week, the Pilots' Federation gave the competitors a puzzle to solve to find precious gems and sell them into the Moropis system. Unfortunately the Pilots' Federation QA team hadn't checked the puzzle, so the gems had to be found by brute force means, and the sheer number of EG pilots meant that they could brute force better than anyone. Amid a flurry of salt from the other competitors, and from participants who missed out on their decals, Yuri Grom was announced the winner, and the 11th and final Power in the Galaxy. He took his place at the Celestial Chessboard, in October 3302, unceremoniously booting out the other powers that were in his core systems. Grom brought to the table the so-called Grom Bomb, a frameshift drive disruptor mounted on a dumbfire missile that has led to many a peaceful freighter commander losing his ship and cargo. Rallying his troops under the slogan Freedom Among the Stars, everything looked bright for Grom the Power, but less than three years later, in July 3305, the EG pilots announced that they were no longer supporting Grom, after his terrible bouts of anger became just too much for them. The Grom power lives on in name, but in fact it's a hollow vehicle for so-called fifth columnists, and all the disruption and chaos you might expect when a dictator goes bad. Grom is an embarrassment to the galaxy, and the corrupt dictator holds on to power only because his presence is convenient for the Mafia, smugglers and drug dealers that run the rotten state of Uriala. The Pilots' Federation is rumoured to have been considering deposing the drunken old despot, but still he clings on to power just. He is a spent force, a husk, a hollow man, He has a group photograph on the wall of his dictator's office. It used to show a laughing Grom surrounded by cheering commanders from the E.G. pilots. Now, every one of the E.G. pilots has been airbrushed out, and the photograph just shows Grom laughing maniacally, with his arms round the shoulders of thin air like a distressed albatross. They say it's lonely at the top. Well, it's a hell of a lot more lonely when you've fallen all the way down to the bottom again. And that brings us to the end of the current series of Powerful People. Watch out for more documentaries from the Encyclopedia Galactica.
0: Now you're a drunker i got to do that when you're a hardened trucker, if you can't turn a profit, then you're out alone. It's for the moment that we fly all over the space. Point to to light years crossed at a hill of the base. Just turn the wheel and keep that
5: smile on your face. Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker. Hey man. This this isn't Buck. It's Buck's cuz Baked naked. Here to bring you this week's hut and top trucker, (laughs) Harry. You were you 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 got my yeah that that rolled up thing that was stuck through the letterbox. That's mine, man. It don't don't touch it. That side, it's lit. Anyway, all y'all are top truckers in my book, especially the ones who keep bringing that onion head to my door. I don't have to go out and buy my own, but the first trucker to bring me a case of some sugary cereal will be the ultimate Top Trucker this week and earn his or herself a decal. So, like, this has been Hutton Top Trucker brought to you by Onionhead and, you know, Lake Spaceways. The, uh... why is the music still playing, man?
0: Oh, I was just—I wasn't—I wasn't sure you were finished yet. No, normally Buck ends up—he uh, He throws in a wee joke at the end or something, and then then I know that everyone wants to leave. Oh uh, no, there's no jokes. Oh, okay well I guess we'll just do this then. It's not for the, the sippy mug. mug. For the for, for the, the, the the yeah the glass mug. For for the for the short cu- shot mug. Uh, and we're going to play that last song for you. But first of all, good night, everyone. See you next week. If you're around, come and join us. Half past eight right here. Twitch.tv forward slash Hutton Orbital truckers. Until next time, goodbye and for the mug. And thank you for giving us your time.